0: There was a moment that really stuck out to me in my relationship with Mark, which was we were in a car and he was very frustrated with me. This is probably three or four months before he died. He was telling me that he felt like I really did not know how to love a man. I think he was saying basically another person, but he was like, you need to go learn how to love a man. You need to go learn how to love a man. And it was triggering me because I was like, I thought I was pretty good at it at the time. But after his death, that really stuck with me and whether or not his reading about me was accurate or not. His words invited me into a deeper relationship with what does it really mean to really love another human being. Welcome to the Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach.
1: And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, We keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside
0: the health security and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Welcome to episode 48 of The Art of We. This is a special edition of our podcast, primarily because the day that we're recording this, the exact day, eight years ago, my previous partner to Will suddenly died. And we're going to be talking about the transformation that I went through and how this massive loss And this sudden death has informed in a really important way who I am today and also in part because I'm only part of the equation here, but in part how we now have this we. So anything you want to add to that, Will?
1: Well, I think this is a beautiful topic to explore because we tend to think about loss and grief as negative experiences and we don't necessarily think about the richness or the gifts That can be received through the process. And I think you've done an amazing job of really looking to see what the, it seems a little strange to say gifts are of the loss, but the impact of the loss on you and who you have become and how going through that supported and continues to support who you are now.
0: Totally. Eight years ago today, I would have never been able to see, imagine, get in touch with the benefits of loss and death, and it took a while for that to actually become apparent. But I think that a big lesson for me here is that if we're not holding big heartbreaks, losses in our system as part of our journey, if we're not holding them with trust and care and that there's gonna be another side to it and there is another side to it, it can be very challenging to be human, I believe, to be human in this world if we're not able to hold that in that way.
1: Yeah. And this isn't to diminish or while people are over the crushing brutality of a sudden loss like that. And, you know, there are benefits and drawbacks to every experience we have, right? So I think there's a tendency or maybe a vulnerability to not feel the negative experiences if we use logic to say, well, there's also upsides to this. So I don't want to promote the view that grieving is unnecessary or somehow wrong i think it's important to feel those feelings as well
0: yeah i mean i feel like we can't actually get to the gold unless we go through the process of grieving and really go through it yeah very very good point
1: yeah why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about what happened and the context and so our listeners know what we're talking about
0: yeah great It feels tender, even though it's eight years later. I just feel there's like a permanent mark in my being still today, and I've done so much healing and so much work around this piece, and you've been a huge part of that. So, in the tenderness, I will share that it was eight years ago that Mark died, and it was about a five-year relationship. And in the last year of our relationship, we had gone through a lot of challenge, and we did. We weren't sure if we were going to find our way. We were. In and out, we were not having basically the skills and support that we needed to break through some some big challenging pieces, which I can look back and now say there was actually a lot of trauma in the field, and we didn't have the tools or the awareness to know how to work with that. That's one way to view what was happening for us. But we had been in this kind of like turn of events the last month before he died, where we were actually feeling like a lot of loops were getting closed we were making progress in certain ways. We were It kind of felt like a new leaf was being turned over in a certain way. And he had gone on a walk about, he called it, for about six months prior to this, this month that I'm talking about. And he did some deep soul journeying and he was traveling and he was doing a lot of different explorations to figure out who he is, what he's up to, And it was about a week before he passed away where he came to me and he said, Krista, Krista, I saw the vision of us in this journey that I had. And the vision of us was that we, you know, are always connected, but we're going on this path where you're going one way and I'm going another way. And he had this whole kind of like visual download that happened for him. And at the time I was like, okay, well, I was saying to myself, like I didn't ask enough questions because I was like assuming he was seeing that we weren't going to be together. We were going to break up. And the following week, we, on the 9th of September, which is when we're recording this, we were on the phone and we were talking about the date that we would have the next day. And I had been kind of chewing on this vision that he had. And I was going to ask him like wait a minute are you saying that you're going to like i had this like hit like is he saying that he's going to die like i don't understand what he's talking about and i was going to ask him in person the next day to tell me more about his vision and we were staying in separate houses at the time i happened to be staying at my parents watching their dog when they were away and i went to bed early because i wanted to get a good night's sleep before we had our time the next day And it was strange because I slept better that night than I can remember for years. I slept deep and hard. And when I got up the next morning, I picked up my phone, which I had silenced or during the night, and my phone had exploded with texts and calls and all these people trying to reach me. And so I picked up the phone and I looked at the phone and the last person who called me, I called her. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And she said are you sitting down and you know i kind of panicked because that's like the the usual phrase somebody would say when there's an emergency and she told me that mark had passed away suddenly the night before and he was at a he did yoga we there was there used to be a place in boulder called the integral center where a lot of us were doing deep relational work together and there was a yoga class and then they would often have on Thursday nights, or was it Thursday? I can't even remember at this point what day it was. I think it was th- Wednesday or Thursday. They would have like a dance, a dance party, and people would dance together and have fun and drink kombucha. And apparently, during the the dance, he walked out into the hall and fell face down, and I think pretty quickly left the the world. I know that there were ambulances there, but they weren't able to revive him. There's a lot of other details in the story, but. That's the gist of it. So when I heard all of this, this was the next morning. As you can imagine, I was in pretty big shock.
1: Wow. And so many aspects of this event that really jump out at me. I mean, the biggest one in in terms of your experiences that's so big. And what I'm hearing is not knowing, you know, what happened and the shock of turning on your phone in the morning after such a good night's sleep and getting the news and just, wow. So then there was so much more that happened that you've shared with me over the years of um, navigating that loss. And I'm wondering, you know, there were so many things that you went through in the days, weeks, and months that followed that. And, and we could go into those details. And at the same time, I'm wondering what a distance of eight years has given you in terms of mm. insight or integration mm. of understanding what the impact was and is on your being and what's important to you, who you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There were so many layers of learning and complexity inside of a situation like this. One being faced up against the real confronting challenge of what I should have done, what I could have done, what were the signs, what were the symptoms, what were we not paying attention to. That's one whole area. There's another area of regret, of conversations playing through my head, of the big challenges that we had, of how I wish I would have shown up, how I could have shown up, negative impacts that I'm sure that I had. Like just kind of like in the beginning, I think it's like the negative frame of how it went wrong, how I did wrong, how I could have done better, what kind of God would create this kind of heartbreak and loss to somebody very deeply painful and swimming in months of existential despair and questioning. Like, really? Like, what the heck? Like, how, how could this happen? And I think there's an element to the shock that had me in a, a state where my brain, like, I felt altered for months. I felt like colors were brighter. I felt like I was blown wide open. At other times, I felt like I couldn't get out of bed. I was on the floor asking really deep questions about life. And it took, gosh, even time was funky at that time, but it took at least least a year. I remember the year mark when I had a gathering with friends of being like, okay, I made it through this year until I think things started to open up more. And I could access more of the gifts of the experience, which we can get into. And another layer, and you've been involved with a lot of this, is working through my own pieces of, I guess, and you can tell me if this is the right word for it, but trauma around the incident. Like we've, together you and I, have broken down the moment of waking up and looking at the phone and have really worked that piece. We've also worked pieces around overtaking responsibility for his death, like I should have known. There's different elements that have helped me learn how to work with trauma and responsibility. Like I've become more sovereign because I've had to work through the pieces that have been really painful, if that makes sense. There's so many layers to go into and and particularly inside of relationship and our partnership. There was a moment that really stuck out to me in my relationship with Mark, which was we were in a car and he was very frustrated with me and he was telling me, this is probably three or four months before he died, he was telling me that he felt like I really did not know how to love a man. I think he was saying basically another person, but he was like, you need to go learn how to love a man. You need to go learn how to love a man. And it was triggering me because I was like, I thought I was pretty good at it at the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How to to love somebody. But after his death, that really stuck with me and whether or not his reading about me was accurate or not. His words invited me into a deeper relationship with what does it really mean to really love another human being and specifically like an intimate partner. And It took me to a different level of understanding of how to do that. And obviously, I'm still in a learning curve, and I think I will be for the rest of my life. But one benefit to his death was reviewing these painful places in my system as a result of a relationship and really examining them and looking at them and learning from them.
1: And when you say looking at them, examining them, learning from them that you were alluding to earlier of, in retrospect, feeling like you wish you had showed up differently or said different things or is that what you mean? Like I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of what the takeaway was in re-examining these moments. What do you think is different now about how you show up in a challenging moment?
0: That's a great question. My learning around that is that while my process of beating myself up felt actually really important for me to go through because I needed to examine those moments, now I hold, or at least I attempt to hold life in a way where it's not 100% my responsibility and it's not 100% somebody else's responsibility. There's like a a mutual responsibility there. I can't blame myself for his death. You know, I can look at how I Mm -hmm. missed signs potentially, or I could have leaned in more about if I felt like he was off or something. But at the time, I I kind of took responsibility for his death because I thought I should have been able to prevent it somehow. I think we can go into beating ourselves up when we have such a big loss that we should have been able to make it different. And I think now, mm-hmm. because I'm on the other side of the healing process and I've gotten so many gifts, ironically, from his death, I can see that I wouldn't have those gifts if he hadn't had died. And it's his death isn't solely my responsibility, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, to some degree, it sounds like a natural process of grief to be looking for ways that right. you could have, in theory, in your own mind anyway, yeah. prevented his death or that event from unfolding that way others including myself who have lost people that Mm -hmm. matter to them uh, have shared similar things in their experience with me for sure And I do want to say that just from being your partner, that one of the experiences I have that I haven't had before with you, that I haven't had with other people before, is this care that you bring to intense emotional moments, I would say, where we allow ourselves to express when we're frustrated or angry or upset or whatnot. But there's a care that I can feel inside of the moment with you that I don't necessarily say I can feel in the past with previous partners where mm-hmm. we're in an argument it's like no holds barred you know there's like anger and shouting and aggression or whatever verbal so i wonder if you going through mark's death impacted the way that you show up in really intense moments that that we have as a couple that any couple has but are you more careful in those moments about you know not wanting to have an impact that if i suddenly disappeared you would regret later mm-hmm.
0: Well, there's actually a lot to work with in my system that you and I have talked about, about fear of loss of you. And I think that that's probably directly correlated to having lost Mark. Mm -hmm. But I think really the difference for me in that my relationship with Mark and our relationship and what you're speaking to is that with Mark, and this was a big learning, one of the best learnings in a certain way, was that we were still operating in eye perspectives and I didn't know it. It was very like subtle, but it was clear now looking back that I was out for me Hmm. and I would project onto him that he was out for him. I mean, I couldn't, I can't speak for him, but there was, even though we both wanted it to work out, there was like a, an eye orientation. And his death and part of learning how to love somebody and specifically an intimate partner, it changed for me, shifted. Like the learning was to really love in the way that I'm wanting to love and have a relationship requires that there's that we're having a we perspective. And so if I'm in a fight with you, for example, I mean, sometimes I can think of a handful of times where I go into my, you know, I like righteous. Self, but I think the care that you're speaking about is the part of me that came online that recognizes that I'm harming the relationship, actually, if I'm orienting from an I perspective versus a we perspective. And that we're co-creating this together. We're both responsible together. It's not like I get to put the blame fully on you or you get to put the blame fully on me or I get to put the blame fully on me and vice versa. And that shift is hard to talk about, but I think it has an extraordinary result.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have received that result from you, I would say. And it's really potent. Again, like any couples, we can get into these moments where we think we're right and the other person's wrong and there's an absolute quality to that <laughs> yeah. perception in that moment, but it doesn't last very long for us. And we've been together for almost six years now. So we get to 12 or 18 or 24 years and, yeah. you know, we might have a different conversation, but feels unlikely that after 6 years we're going to, you know, see something completely and totally new that is difficult, more difficult to work with than right. than the beginning. So, I'm wondering if you feel like losing Mark left an impact on you of like somehow related to your stand for this we perspective getting stronger in your system.
0: Yeah, I remember maybe a year and a half after he died, I was taking my parents dog for a walk out by their house. And it was like kind of like this lightning rod insight that seems to happen once or a few ta- a handful of times in life where it's like an insight comes and it's like a full body yes. And the insight, I was reflecting on having lost Mark and my relationship with potentially dating again and future relationships. And the lightning rod yes was about if there's anything that I want to accomplish in this life that would be super meaningful to me would be to have The kind of partnership that Mark and I were attempting to get to, at least I was attempting to get to, but we absolutely couldn't get to. We were trying. I don't know what would have happened if he were still alive. I don't think that we, we definitely didn't have the skills and support back then, but it was standing for this kind of extraordinary relationship. And I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know how to put words to it, but I knew in my body what it would feel like. And I decided in that moment that that's what I was going for in life and that this we perspective that I can speak to more now that you and I have been really working this and students of and so committed to was a big part of what an extraordinary we meant is the all the skill sets that we bring the capacities the healing of the trauma the way that you and I specifically are standing in the same space as a team looking out into the world together doing this together and being able to recognize and we often say this when we're in ruptures is like we just want to remind each other that we're on the same team. And I was committed in that moment. And it was a huge stand that I took for my life and for my partnership now with you, which I wouldn't have had, I don't think, if, I, if Mark didn't die and I didn't learn these lessons. And I didn't take a stand for this, this quality and type of relationship. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements. Agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple. And they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. I know that we all have our own big processes of grief and loss and challenge. And as hard as that experience was, I'm so grateful that I went through it and Going through that, I remember once I got through that <laughs> mostly through it, I was like, oh my gosh, if I could go through that, I could go through anything. And I know all of you who have experienced hardships and your challenges in your own particular way. If you look back and you haven't already seen the gifts, I'm sure that you could pull a bunch of gifts out of those experiences. But I believe that it's also helped me to trust loss. Hmm. You know, I might not trust it in the moment that it arrives, but in general to trust loss and to see the value and things not working out the way we want them to work out. And that's also feels like a big part of our partnership is that we're so committed to seeing both sides of the coin, the benefits and the drawbacks. And that's a game changer when we're able to do that pretty fluidly.
1: How has that changed your experience to trust loss? What's different about how you encounter the present moments of your life that way?
0: It's interesting that I'm getting the insight right now that it's mostly about relationship. Like I trust relationship loss, (laughs) which is interesting um, in working through challenges with other people and challenges with you. I feel like I trust death. I trust in this moment, I'm probably not close to death, but I, I trust the process of death and I fear the loss of us in material form. I fear losing you. I fear losing life, but I also trust the process in a, in a bigger way than I had before Mark's death. That
1: makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, more trust is, is a game changer, right?
0: Yeah. And even, even more importantly, I learned that I have to take a stand for something that I really want. And specifically, this is you and me and our, our we. Like I have to stand for that and stand for it again and again and again and again, because it never gets there. It never gets to the place it gets Mm. to because we never arrive. Mm -hmm. Like if I stopped standing for our we in the way that I have been standing for it, I wouldn't experience the extraordinary relationship that I have with you. Right. So I think that's a really big lesson in learning from this as well. It's like, I can't just sit on my laurels and be like, Will and I got married and it's all going to work out forever because we said our vows (laughs) and we exchange rings.
1: Right. It's a living experience every day that we live together. Yeah.
0: Yes. And the fact of impermanence with Mark having left is a real thing for me. And so I don't take it lightly when you walk out the door. Right, You know, even when I'm kind of casual about it, I still think in my head of like, does he know how much I love him, even if we had just ruptured?
1: So sweet. I really feel that. I feel the impact of your experience on my experience. And it's um, exquisite to receive. Thank
0: you. Yeah. You're so welcome. So there's so much more to the story. There's so many layers here. There's so much complexity, but I do invite people to hold their losses. What seems like it's not fair. Life's not fair. Why did this happen to me? Whatever the story is, it could be about a job. It could be about a relationship. It could be about a death of a family member or a friend or whoever. Like I feel a strong desire to invite you to hold it with trust that there's gold there somewhere that you wouldn't get anywhere else Mm. and to do the work of staying in the emotion and the grief, not getting taken over by it, it never moving and passing in your life, but like doing the work to be in relationship with it, to find the gold, to get get through the feelings, to get to the gold. Mm. That's what I would invite. And I want to say thank you to Mark for the extraordinary being that he was and he is in some form now and For this gift of this we that I have with you, Will, as a result of Mm -hmm. the learnings that I gained from his death in our relationship and the stand I took for having this kind of relationship and getting to find you. So I'm so blessed.
1: Well, I'm sad for his passing and his loss, and I'm grateful for the impact that it had on you and how you show up as a result of having lived through that and done the work of mining the gold and Continuing to to mine the gold, so I imagine that people listening are inspired to look at their losses and look at the opportunity for gold in the losses. So maybe that's where we'll leave you, dear listener, to reflect and and look at your own life. and Are there places where you can learn and grow from the hardest moments that you've been through? Mm, beautiful invitation. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow the show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If the show sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at art of we podcast.
1: And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the art of we.